0: So today's, today's daf is Nun Zayin, in Yoma we are on Nun Vav, Amud Bet, we are at the bottom, six lines from the bottom of the Amud, so we learned, we've been learning about how the Chachamim derived this idea of Achat Lemala V'Sheval Lemata, this the one application of blood that's upwards and the seven downwards, uh, both for the, uh, first for the bull, then for the goat, and both inside the Kodesh HaKodesh and also outside. So fo- so far we didn't talk about the inside-outside factor. We just talked about the uh, bull and uh, goat factor. So now it says, V'chen sele ol mo'ed, so should he do for oil moed that's a reference to the Kodesh what does it mean to say just like he does just like he's going to apply the blood in the Kodesh he does the same thing in the echal towards the parochet as we know just like inside the, uh, the Kodesh Kodeshim, he has to do one upwards, seven downwards with the bull and one upwards, seven downwards with the goat same thing is going to to happen in the Kodesh, okay? So, uh, and then it says, uh, "That's more of an agadic statement. In other words, even though we are in the, in a state of tumah, uh, whether you take that to be a physical type of tumah or you take it to mean that we are, in, you know, bitumah in terms of averot, Hashem is still with us." A certain heretic, which oftentimes in the uh, Oftentimes, they're reference to uh, Christians. It
1: says, uh, yes,
0: it this says. It says tzidu, It says in some, and, and some say mina. A lot of times, mean, I meant early Christian. But the Rabbi Chanina, he says, me Now it's clear that you are definitely tamei, and Hashem is not with you. Says Rashi's explanation there. Because why? Because it says in Eicha, the Tum'ah is in her skirt. In other words, in the you could see the Tum'ah, just like a woman who uh let's say is uh begins superior and doesn't have a proper coverage, so there's the blood spilling on her uh, skirt, so that's what it means the the, the is evident right so it uh, so uh, how could you say? that Hashem is not with us because we are Tameim, it's not true, it says Hashem is with us even when we're Tameim, even at the time when the, the Jewish people are Tamei, Hashem is with them. So being Tamei doesn't mean, it's like the Mefarshim explain, it's like a woman, a husband and a wife, even though the wife might be Nida certain p- times of uh, the month, that doesn't mean that the relationship is over, they're still together, they still have a relationship, it's just that there are certain, uh, there's a certain distance between them at, at particular times. So now the Gemara is going to di- is going to analyze again this issue of comparing par and sair inside and outside. Because remember, we, we, we've learned before, we've come across this idea before, especially in Kodashim. There's a restriction on how many leaps you can make from subject to subject. We learned about it a lot in Zvachim, but that was a long time ago now, it seems like, right? But was, jumping from topic to topic in Kodashim is always limited. We say we can't make double hekeshim. Now here, what, what is the Hekesh? Well, we learned from part to certain things. We learned that we learned the Sheva Lemata the seven applications downward from the bull, where it's explicitly stated, to the goat. And we learned the one application upward from the goat to the bull. And now you're going to say that we're going to learn the one and the seven for the bull from inside the Kodesh HaKodeshim to outside. And you're going to say we're going to learn the up and the down of the uh, applications of the goat Uh, from inside to outside. That's another hakesh. How could you do it? How could you possibly uh, extend the limud further and now make another connection? You're usually limited in how many connections you can make. Right? So Ashi says... That in Kodashim, we don't learn one thing from the other, and then again learn another thing. In other words, from A to B is okay, but from B to C is not okay. So the Gemara answers, no, it's different, because it's not really a hakesh in the full sense. Why not? So Rashi explains, it means it's from it and something else. Meaning to say, we didn't create the entire idea of the applications of blood for the bull. From whole cloth, we didn't learn it totally from uh, from the uh, sair. We didn't learn totally sair from par. In both cases, it says clearly in the Torah that there is an application of blood in the Kodesh Kodashim. For the uh, bull and for the goat. That's not something that we created out of nothing. What do we do? We learned the number. So he said, okay, the seven over here, we don't know how many you're supposed to do with the, with the goat. So we learned that the power helps us out with the goat. And we didn't know how many we're supposed to do with the par. So the goat helps us out with the power. But we didn't create something from nothing. In other words, we learned a little bit from seir to par. We learned a little bit from par to Sair, but it wasn't totally created out of nothing. So it's not like we wouldn't have known that there has to be an application of blood of the bull and that's to be an application of blood of the goat it was just technicality that we learned from one of the others so that's why it means meaning we learned from it with something else with support there was support right there was support in there right so so, so it says that's good for the one that says that that's not considered but there are those who are very strict and they say even that is already considered to be an extension so you're making an extension on an extension so what are we going to do it's not the same thing in other words the Gemara says that Hekesh is if I look Learn from par to sa'ir something. And then I learn from sa'ir to another animal. Something. Right? I extend it. In other words, I learn from A to B a certain feature. And then I say take from B to C that same feature. That is a hekesh to a hekesh. Right? Even if it's with support. Meaning even if I said, well, the application of the blood of, of bull is seven times lemata. I'm going to say also with the goat seven times that. I'm going to say with this other thing also. So now it's already... Extending to a third thing, that wouldn't be good. But we're not doing that here. What are we doing? We're cha- we're, we already made a hakesh between par and sa'ir. What is the second hakesh? Between kodesh or kodeshim and kodesh. Because it says, in other words, it's not that you're going from par to sa'ir and sa'ir to something else. Par and sa'ir is one uh, concept. The next concept is that whatever happens in the kodesh or kodeshim has to happen in the kodesh. That's a totally different idea. That's a totally different hakesh. It's not the same thing. Okay, ibayt ema. alternatively, Chutz Gamar. You could also say that this is not really two hakeshim at all, but really it's one thing. Because we know that the par has to have applications of blood in and out, meaning in the Kodesh kodeshim and in the Kodesh. And we know that the seir has to have uh, applications of blood in the Kodesh kodeshim and also in the Kodesh. And so when we learn from the par, the seven Limata, we extend it to the goat. That means both in the Kodesh and in the Kodesh kodeshim. And when we learn from the goat to the par, that it needs achat le We're learning both with regard to the kodesh and the kodesh kodeshim. So it's not really two different concepts. It's all one concept. We know that the bull has applications in the kodesh kodeshim and in the hechal, and we know that the uh, that the uh, sair has applications in the kodesh kodeshim and in the hechal. And so when we learn from one to the other, it's really only one thing. How many are there supposed to be? And then it's just a duplication. So it's not really a second hekesh at all. And so we're still okay on that. So now it says. Uh, tana kshum mazeh enom mazeh ala parochet ela keneget parochet. When he when he um is supposed to be sprinkling the blood, he doesn't put it on the parochet, rather towards the parochet. Amar bielazab Rabbi Yosi. Ani reiiti abaromi. What are you talking about? Says Rabbi Elazarbi I saw. I was in Rome. V'ha'yu alei kamati pe'damim. Michel parvaseir sheliyomakipurim. I saw on the parochet. I saw the parochet in Rome, and on it were drops of blood from Yom Kippur so how could you tell me that they don't didn't sprinkle it on the pohed I saw it with my own eyes and there's a whole story about how Rabbi there was a there was a xerah that was against the Jews and then and then the daughter of the king uh, was sick and, and Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Yossi was able to heal her. So therefore, he got the opportunity to enter into the uh, into the uh, chamber of the king, into the um, otsar, the like treasure house of the king. And in addition to tearing up the decree against the Jews, he also was able to see these things. Now, the question, of course, that the, the Tosafot asks is, what Bet Hamidash was this? Because he wouldn't have lived at the time of the first Bet Hamidash, and there was no. And so, so we're obviously talking. We can't be talking about. The first bet, the first bet, the didn't have a parochet, so we must be talking about the second bet, the, the, the. That's the simplest tri- the, explanation. Yeah, Rome. So that's this, the Tosafot the, so we'll argue about it because we're going to see that in a second. It's going to talk about a different uh, possibility. Right. So maybe it could have been not the uh, offerings of Yom Kippur. The blood that you see on the parochet might not be from Yom Kippur. Maybe it's from We know that the other time that we, that we splash blood Towards the parochet is when the uh, when the bet din makes an erroneous ruling and the kohen has to go into the kodesh. He doesn't go into the kodesh and kodeshim, but he goes into the kodesh and he splashes blood towards the parochet. Or if they committed idolatry under the, but again with the uh, with the permission, so to speak, with the based on the ruling of the bet din. So it's all it's all considered one sin. So they would also there would be blood splashed towards the parochet. So maybe that's what it is. It says no. The uh, it says the chazad avidek Kisidran. He saw that it was in order. In other words, the way that we said that it has to be Kim which is that it goes down, right? You start higher and then you then you lower the hand each time. He saw that it was in that order, and that order is typical of only the Yom Kippur was Yom Kippur. Utnan Nami de we have a similar Mishnah. In connection with the parah de davar tibur, the communal sin offering, ki gavna. Lo no gin nagao, nagao. that when they would splash the blood, sprinkle the blood towards the parochet, they weren't supposed to hit the parochet. But if they did, they did. It's okay. I'm Rabbi, uh, Rabbi I saw with my own eyes that there was blood from the parah de davar shel from the 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 sin offering, right there. How did he know that it was of the parah de The chazanu, the the because he saw that it wasn't in order. Because that whole thing with the matzlif that it goes down—that's all that it goes down in order that way. That's only a yom kippur. So he saw it on the parochet. So obviously, the question many of the mafarshim ask later, mafarshim, is how could you have normally you have a machloket? It's in theory, but here you have mitziut. He went and he saw it with his own eyes. They're not saying he's a liar. If you're doing it in right. order, it's posel the hell and the hell? No, 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 but just the, they you wouldn't have, have done do it so precisely. Thing. So it, No, he but said, since he saw it out of order, so he knew that it was for oh, the peasants. Okay. That's what I'm saying. But the question is, why is it that the, in every other case we have machloket, and uh, it's not machloket bimtsiut, they call it. Met, is the facts. I mean, how could you say, if he went in and he saw there's blood on the parochet, yeah. so they put blood on the parochet, how could you have a machloket about that? So once he has facts and we have edut, so what's the, what's the question? How could you have a question about the uh, about something when you have the physical item in front of you? And somebody saw it, testified. Right. Maybe the facts are wrong. Maybe he got the facts wrong. Well, or? it sounds like he was. Okay. He knew what he was looking so at. He knew he's, he's describing it. I yeah. think the the possible answer, simple answer, I'm just giving a simple shot answer, is that they would just say it's true there was blood on the parochet, but there wasn't on purpose. Meaning you're not to, just because you saw that there was blood on the parochet doesn't mean he was supposed to do that. Maybe yeah, it, it landed on there, yeah. like it says im nagu nagu. Right,, Can't right, it right. would, would say it was a bit the avadi it could have been, stuff. yeah, could have been, but it also could just be that it uh, that it, it just happened that way, so it splashed on there. it's like if if a person does shitari, he gets blood on his shirt, it's not supposed to get blood on his shirt, but he probably does, you know, but he doesn't have to if he's ever been Chaim, he wears a <laughs> the tuxedo, he does, and it's okay, right, so the um so the, the, because of this, that's why the Tosafot asked about the Sibur because that they didn't have that right and they, there was a question of whether they wouldn't have had that in the in the second bit HaMikdash so uh but the, the, the talk about it. they could have had it so anyway so <laughs> what happens if the blood gets mixed up so you have the parvus the of the 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 bull and the goat and the blood gets mixed up what do you do now you haven't put them you haven't done the applications yet so what are you supposed to do so we know normally the parvus is supposed to precede go first before these uh, before the goat so what do you do says <laughs> okay Okay, look, we're going to be economical, we're going to be practical. Since they're both mixed together, so you might as well just do one application. There's part of it that you're mixed together. One limala, sheva limata, and you're good. So you don't have to do two times now because it's mixed together. I made the Rabbi Yirmia. They told this to Rabbi Yirmia, Amar bavlai he said, these Babylonians are foolish. This is a famous saying that appears a few times in the in, the, in, the, in the Gemara. Appears a few times. Because they live in a dark place, because it was in like a low <inaudible> low valley. valley. Right, therefore, they say very dark teachings. It, it appears several times in the Shasta. Minnesota, the Shasta brings a number of the places that uh, that this uh, state. We've already seen it um, in every place, I think, except for Ketubot. Right, we haven't done yet. Right, so they, said, Rabbi, Ka- is, that, uh, is that insulting? It's it the pshat. Is, the pshat is he's saying that they they're, the, their learning is it's not so good. Yeah, language. that's a pshat. It's really, really, it's yeah, yeah. But they were harsh sometimes. You know, that's how they they. It, it wasn't meant personally. <laughs> yeah, but the, you know that. Yeah, but, but the chachamim always are saying, "Oh, you are sleeping when you said this," and you know they the, the, they're just uh, it, they don't take it personally. That's the thing. He said, how could, you be, how could you say that that's a good procedure? You're going to consolidate the Seir and the power into one, one set of applications. You can't do that. Why not? Because you cannot finish off the blood of the Seir until the blood of the power is done. So you can't have that it's simultaneous. Simultaneous is not good. Because if it's simultaneous, then what's going to happen is that, it, that you're not going to have par then sa'ir. And it has to be kiladama par vachalikach kiladama sa'ir. It has to be that you first have the applications of the, uh, uh, of the uh, par and then you do the sa'ir outside. And this way you're going to end up doing par and sa'ir inside. And then outside you're going to do the, you're not going to have the, uh, the proper order because the, um, you're going to be doing the upper application of the sa'ir before the par. Right? if you, or, I mean, even inside. You're going to be doing the upper application of the, of the se'ir before you do the lower application of the par. And you always have to finish the par up and down before you do the se'ir. What's your so, Well, what what we're, we're going to see. He's going to say, In other words, it, you have to even do it. Mixed even though it's mixed, you just have in mind for the power the first time and you just have in mind for the seir the second time. Because if you have in mind for both of them to consolidate, so what's going to happen is you're applying the blood of the seir before you finish with the blood of the power up and down and that wouldn't be allowed. So now we're talking about the second one. That was about in the Kodesh HaKodeshim. It gets mixed up. Now we're talking about in the Kodesh. So he, he mixes up the blood. So right, uh, uh, So he says what you really should do is do seven below, and we're talking about obviously that he already did the uh, uh, he already did the first uh, you know the first lemala. So in other words, he did the he did the shel par the one. Now he's he needs to do the below. Now how that exactly happened, that it got mixed in in between, I have no idea. But okay, um, I guess somehow. Right, so now what does he do? So okay, now we don't have the problem. Right, so he says, now we don't have the problem that the seir will precede the par, because actually we already did the par le Right, so now we're doing le We'll say that le will count for both the par and the seir, and then we'll do more le for the seir that we left out. Right, we'll do it afterwards. And it says, they already called us fools. Now they're gonna call us the stupidest of all. Give me because they tried to teach us something and we didn't learn. What? How could you right? You solved the problem. You solved the problem that you're not allowed to do the goat prior to the Bull, because he you, because you already did the bull, lemala. Now you're doing the, the bull and the se'ir simultaneously, lemata. So you didn't do se'ir before Par, that's true. But you did lemata before lemala of the se'ir. How could you do that, right? You can't do that either. We know that it says you're supposed to do up and then down, not the other way around. So therefore, you're going to have to use the same logic as Rabbi Yirmiyah: Do seven downwards L'Shem Par only, even though they got... mixed together, you're only doing it the Shem Par, so you're finished with Par, and then you do one above, one upwards, and seven downwards for the goat. The point is that it's not enough, there's two different orders that have to be observed. One is that the Par always has to precede the Seir, and the other one is that the Lemala has to precede Lemata always, and you can't have them out of order, and even if they're simultaneous, if you have in mind that you're only fulfilling one of the mitzvot, it will work. Right? That's the chidush here. Kosot pe kosot. What happens if the cups get mixed together? Now, we're, we're meaning to say that in this case, um, he doesn't know which one is the bull and which one is the... You know, not that they got mixed up together, meaning they're not mixed together. No. They're not, they didn't become one, but meaning he doesn't know which one is which. Confused. So, right, he's confused. And as the Tosfot mentions that, uh, you know, that we said before, that he's tired, you know, he could, he could, make, he could get confused. Even though uh, even though normally he'd be able to tell the difference, but he's been, he had an all-nighter and... Uh, is there you know, reason they, they did not make them shaped differently so you can not I, I I don't know. I, it, it sounds like it wouldn't matter because saying, even though it looks different and everything, he's just not... He wouldn't even notice. It probably wouldn't help. It sounds like it wouldn't help. So anyway, he doesn't... So, so what does he do now? He has to make sure he has the order right. So if there's only one solution he can do, which is noten wuchosey vunnoten wuchosey vunnoten shalo, shalo 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 amim. The only thing he could really do is three times. In other words, he has to do from cup a... Mal, one from cup B, one and then from cup A again. One. Mata. Why? Because if the first one was the seir, ah, he did good. it. He right. did it. He did it before the parah, so it wasn't good anyway. So then the second one he did was really the first one, so to speak. That was the parah that he did first, and then he has to do the seir again. It could be that he did it right the we first time. Right. He doesn't know which one is what, so he's covered. Right. So he's covered because he did A B A. So if it could be that A was really the parah and B was the seir, and if that's the case, then he did it right the first time, and he didn't need. To to do the A again. But since he doesn't know if he does ABA, then for sure he's going to cover all of the possibilities. Now, now what happens is Some of the blood got mixed together and some did not. In other words, there was a third vessel in there somehow. So obviously, if you add the cup with the goat's blood and the cup with the bull's blood, he will take from what he knows is, is, is bull's blood and what he knows is, is goat's blood. That's not the issue, of course. But what do you do? The question is, what do you do with what's left in that third cup? Somehow we have a third cup with a mixture. The question is, what do we do with what's in that third cup? There are two possible destinations for leftover blood. One is called Shiraim, which means if you have the cup of this, in the normal case, you have the cup of the goat's blood or the bull's blood and you make the applications. Whatever is left over gets poured on the base of the outer altar, in the courtyard that's what's supposed to be done but here what did you do you have cup A and cup B par cup your cup and I have a third cup with some leftovers of both right so you don't so the question is that third cup nothing was ever taken from it. it wasn't used right it came from the original source but it wasn't used so should that be poured on the outer altar and we consider it shiraim also or no Shiraim is only that which is left over after I actually use it but since I never actually used any from this cup it wouldn't be considered shiraim, and I should actually pour it not onto the base of the altar, but onto the Amma. The Amah was the kind of like drainage uh, uh, channel that took things out to Nachal Kidron. It took things out of the Beit HaMikdash. was kind of like a waste channel in a way. It was for the things that are no good. So, So, Lo, So the Gemara says, Rav Papa gives the first answer. Now this is based on another issue, which is what happens if a Kohen, instead of receiving blood in a normal Korban, we're not to be talking about Yom Kippur, and in any other Korban, receives the blood in two cups instead of one. He's supposed to always receive it in one, but let's say he receives it in two. So there's one position that says that, which means even though, you only used one of those cups for the actual application of blood. Yeah. Whatever's left in the other cup is also called Shiraim, so it gets spilled out on the, on the, on the uh, base of the Mizberh. Right. Um, according to another view, no. Only from the cup that you did the applications is considered shirayim, and you put that yeah, on the base of the mizbeach. It's too late. You already did it. You already received. So that, that's the, that's a machloket elsewhere. So he's saying even according to the one that says that if you receive the blood of a korban in two cups and you only use one of them, the other one is still considered shirayim. That's only because you could have used the other cup. You just decided to use cup A. You could have used cup B. They were both good. But here, since the sayur they got mixed into this third cup, and that you weren't going to be able to use the third cup because it was halachically problematic. So we wouldn't consider that shirayim because they never had a chance to be used. It became disqualified. And so it goes to the Amma. That's Surah Papa says, but, rafuna, baridu, yushua, He says, no, the opposite, filu, manda, achalus, achavar, Even according to the one that says that one cup pushes off the other cup. In other words, even, a, he says the opposite of what you're saying. Not that everyone would agree that the third cup here of Yom Kippur that has the blood of the bull and the blood of the goat would go, uh, would, would not be considered to be a uh, would not be considered to be Shiraim, but would be discarded, right? Not like what you're saying. The opposite is that even according to the one that says if you have two cups of blood from a korban, and you only use one of them, that the second one is spilled into the garbage and it's not considered to be shirayim, that's only because you pushed it off. But in a case where you didn't push it off with your hands, no. Now Rashi has a different version here. Uh, he has, He uh, has, he says that even though the way that Rashi interprets it like this, says, "No, why is the kodesh why is the Yom Kippur case more more appealing, more positive? Because in the case of a person who received blood in two cups and he only uses one, the other one never got used for anything. It went from animal's neck into the cup, and it was never used. So it's not shirai, right? But if but on Yom Kippur you had, you received from the goat in a cup." And you receive from the part in a cup, and that was totally good. Any of that blood could have been used for the, for the applications. And then some of it spilled into a third cup from each one. But that blood originally was in the cup that was good, that was used, because both of the two first cups are used. So it's not the same as when you receive blood in cup A and cup B from a korban, and you never even use cup B. It never goes to any purpose. It's after application. Right, it's, it's direct. It's Right, meaning it, it directly received blood from the animal and it was never used before application. Right, before any it's application. Right, right. It's not really leftover. It was never used. It's like use. The question basically is, I mean, to put it or in simple terms. Right. The basic, the basic question is: Do we go by the korban? In other words, do, really, if you if if you take two cups of of blood, you took you received it in one cup and another cup, they really came from the same korban. So you could say it's shiraim from that korban. From that korban, it's shiraim because there was X amount of blood. Okay? And you put, uh, and you just split it into two cups, but really if you use only cup A, still cup B is shiraim because from that Korban, that's the leftover blood. Or do we say, no, it goes by the cup. Once you collected it in a cup, only whatever was in that cup that you're going to use is called shiraim. Right? So the so, so Ravi Yoshua is saying that even if you say, that it goes by the cup. And therefore, what's left in the second cup is not considered shiraim because it was never going to be... Nothing from that cup is ever used. That wouldn't apply to Yom Kippur because originally, the two cups were intentional. There were two cups. There was one for Seir, one for Par. And they both were used. And you just happen to be that it has got spilled. Some yeah. got spilled into a third cup. That doesn't take away the fact that they have a relationship with the original source. Okay? So therefore, he said that it would all be considered to be... Um, yeah, to be Shirai. You can't, you can't compare them because in this case, they really were all from a source that was well. legitimate originally, right? Titania was willing the write, There are two Pesukim, one that speaks about, now this is just going back to the basic issue, right? The question about whether one cup pushes off another cup. The first case, when it talks about the khatat of the Nasi, of the Melech, of the king, who brings a khatat, it says, V'et Damo but it doesn't say the word kol. And when it talks about an, a regular citizen, it says kol damo. So the question is, why does it say kol and it says et Et dama et kol dama means all of it, right? But et damo just means not necessarily all of it, right? So the question is, how do we it re, uh, how do we reconcile those two pesukim? So how do we know that even if you took the blood in four cups, in other words, you're, you, there are four matanot of a chatat, right? You have to put uh, on each one of the um, each one of the horns of the altar gets one application by a chatat. Right, four applications. Four. So let's say you decided to collect in four cups, and each cup you dispatched to one of the corners of the altar. Right. So all of them will get poured on the base afterwards. We had kol dama That's why it says kol dama, even though you collected it in four. But But maybe you collected them in four cups, but you only used one. So then what do you do with the other three? This is the way that goes that, that if you don't use a certain cup, it's not called shirayim anymore. Only the cup that's used defines a shirayim, not the korban. The cup that's used defines shiraim. So the other three would not be shirayim. They would go to the amah, which is like the um, waste channel, right? Rabbi El Azar probably it should be, right? What does it say? It is, yeah. Yeah. So Rabbi El Azar Rabbi uh, Shimon omerminachikal So he's disagreeing. Saying, how do you know that even if you collected the blood in four cups and you made the application from only one of them, that all the other three all get on the yesod also? Talmud Lamar Viet Dama Yishpoch because it says all of its blood should be spilled, meaning all of the Korban's blood should be spilled, even if it was from cups that were never used. Okay? So that's exactly the opposite of what we said before. It's it's blood. It's blood, right. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, right. maybe you can even argue that the second one also is about this particular No? Maybe, well, the question just basically boils down in theory to the same question, which is do we define shirayim as shirayim of the blood of the korban or shirayim of the blood of the cup? In other words, when do we start defining shirayim? When the blood is collected or from the source? If you're going by the korban, so even though you collected it in four cups and you only use one, so, all that blood is left over from the korban. You could have used any of it. Right? It was all from the Korban. Or do we say, no, the cup that was used defines Shirayim. The one that you used, you have leftover, that's called Shirayim. The other one, it was never used. So a, since you split it into different cups, we don't define Shirayim by that it came from the Korban. We define it by the cup that was used. That's all. By the, by the Zerika, basically defines the Shirayim, you could say. That would be a way to say it. But you right? teach them the same way. So that's the machloket. One is saying that only the cups that are used, the blood leftover is called Shiraim. So that no, it's so the no 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 because non Shiraim will ma- go ma- into the amah that goes out to nachal Kidron. It's not, oh, okay. not going to go not going to go to the yisod. Only and shirayim. Then, and then leftover from the, the first cup, what happens to the what the <laughs> leftover of the first cup, the cup that you used will be poured on the base of the altar. The leftover of what's not considered Shiraim would go into the amah, go out to the. So to speak, the garbage, you know. Why is it called Amma? Because that was the, I guess that was the width of the width the, of uh, the channel that uh, it was Amma. Where, where is this Amma? It's next to the Mizbeach. They would pour it and they would go out. They had like a channel. There's a drainage. A drainage. The The other one is basically saying it's not being used. It's not being used for Avodah. It's like being discarded, discarded, basically. It's like putting something in Shimon. Yeah. What about the pasuk that limits it and doesn't say kol dama? So what does he do with that pasuk? Everyone agrees that whatever blood doesn't come out of the neck of the animal, you don't have to squeeze it out and take it and put it... not everyone agrees you don 't have to put onto the mizbeach, but anything that comes out according to him, in other words, according to that, basically you could say like what what is really the defining?" What defines the shiraim? The Kabbalat Adam or the Zrikatadam? Adam? That's a very simple way to think of it. In other words, if the Kabbalat Adam defines Shiraim, so that means that anything, if you collect it in four cups, each one of those cups has shiraim now potentially if it's not used, right? If you say that the zrikat Adam defines the shiraim, then only the one that's used for zrika is going to define shiraim. Everything else is going to be considered discarded material, okay? Now we say like this, it said, He pours the bull's blood into the goat's blood. He mixes it around, and then they put the malay in the rekan They put the uh, full in the empty. The, so now the question. So you see from here that you have to mix the blood before you apply it to the altar, the golden altar. Remember, after he does the kodeshah kodeshim blood, he does par and then seir. Then he does on the parochet par and then seir. And then he mixes it together, we said, yeah. and he applies it mixed onto the onto the golden altar. That's the rule. Right? So now it says that's that's not necessarily everyone opinion. agree with that. Because Didmar we said, Rabbi Yoshi, once it no, you don't mix it. and we can actually conclude that it was Rabbi Yoshia that said you should mix because damar Afal Right? There actually is an interesting machloket between Rabbi Yonatan and Rabbi Yoshia in in other connections where if the Torah mentions two things. And the famous case is where the Torah mentions cursing God forbid parents, right? It says a person curses their parents, so that it says uh, uh, that it just says, um, right? It seems like you have to cover both of them. So if you only curse your father or only your mother's okay. Only if you do both. So it's, right? So according to Rabbi Yoshiah, the rule is that even if it doesn't say yachdav, it says if it considered yachdav. And that's why, in other words, even if it doesn't mention together, you assume, you would assume that if it says, ish it means that in order to actually commit the offense, you have to do both. But then it says, aviv then it says, aviv repeats it to tell you that no, each one is a separate pro- prohibition. But Stam, if it didn't repeat it, you would have assumed you had to do both in order to violate the prohibition. His general ap- approach is that whenever two things are mentioned together, so you assume that it means both unless you, are, uh, unless you see otherwise. So since it says, So that means together. That you have to mix them together because it doesn't say them, it doesn't repeat it and indicate separately. So you assume together. For Rabbi Yonatan says, no, you don't need to be told that Aviv ve'imot, it's not both of them. You don't assume that it means both of them together unless it says Yachdav. Okay? So the question is, when two things are mentioned together, do they need to be, do you assume they're one, that they are meant both together unless they're separated? Or do you assume that it means each one unless they unless you're told that they're together? Right? So, each one you commit often. Right. Each, everyone agrees on the halachic conclusion here. The question just is, how do you understand the pasuk? According to Rabbi Yoshia, if the pasuk didn't go back and repeat, Aviv then you would have assumed that he, that you had to curse both of them to violate the prohibition. Rabbi Yonatan says, no, unless it says yachdav, you don't assume that you need both to violate the prohibition. Either one. Okay? So here too, since it says the dama par v'dama seir, so according to Rabbi Yoshia, that automatically, yeah. the assumption is that means mixed together. Rabbi Yonatan will say, no, the, the 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 default assumption is that it means separately. Okay? So now the Gemara says, no, a temer Rabbi Maybe Rabbi Yonatan here could agree. Because shanecha dichtiv achat. Because it says achat here. It says achat bashana. bashanah. Because it says vechiper ha'aron al karnotav achat bashana Achat can mean it has to be together. In other words, even Rabbi Yonatan could agree that here they have to be combined. Gemara says, though, once ta- a year. How do, how do you apply that to? He's using the extra word achat. So he's saying uh, because it says it twice in the pasuk. that's why because it says v'chipeh al and Then it says again achat b'shanay chipeh says it twice. So he's saying the word achat being repeated means it should be together, right? So now it says But that was very uh, creative interpretation of Rabbi Yonatan. But actually, the the says like our original assumption. Which is Rabbi Yonatan assumes it since it says the two and it doesn't, it doesn't have to say Yachdav. We assume it means both together. Rabbi Yonatan mo. He says, no, it means separately, like he, the same way he would interpret any other case, like the aviv as meaning each one, even without extra support. Doesn't it say the word achat, which means that it should be together? It says it twice, so that it indicates it should be combined. It says, Midam Par um midam asair two separate things. Im ken la man emar so then why does it say achad? Lomalech achad velosh tay right midam Par achad velosh tay midam asair to tell you one and not two from each. In other words, you don't have to do um twice. Right, you just do one application of each only one of each, not that they have to be combined together, Tanya another Brita says, so that's like Rabbi Yoshia said, that they should be mixed, so that's like Rabbi Yoshiyah again, another Brita that supports Rabbi Yoshia against Rabbi Yonatan, just like our Mishnah supports Rabbi Yoshia against Rabbi Yonatan, and we'll continue from here tomorrow.